Welcome to the Best Life, Best Death podcast. I'm Diane Hullett, and today I'm speaking with a special guest who's in Northern Michigan, Jamie Kramer. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Diane. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Jamie is the founder of a really interesting organization called Beyond Forests. And I first read about her because um, a family member of mine sent me something from a little newspaper in Leelanau, Michigan. And it was about this, it was called Startup Spotlight. Beyond Forest would preserve woodlands and change the way we grieve. So I read the article and I was like, oh, I would love to talk to Jamie Kramer about this because <laughs> I think that, Jamie, this is part of sort of a bigger um, movement of how we're seeing things change in the death industry and in the way that people want to memorialize uh, their loved ones. And so you got this idea to get this started after a, a career in you know TV and radio and these kinds of things. You've switched yeah. over to this work. So yeah. tell us a little, and, and Beyond Forest, as you and I have emailed and talked about, really has a couple of different layers to it. So mm -hmm. tell us about those two different prongs. Sure. So um, Beyond Forest uh, is a memorial forest where loved ones can come anytime that they feel called, basically, uh, and spend time in nature. But then we're also, so we work specifically with cremated remains. So you can take the loved, uh, your loved one's cremated remains and put them under a tree or in a field of wildflowers. Um, and that's how we're kind of memorializing them. So the uh, idea then comes um, to take their memory and then, then you kind of have that connection with nature, I think, which, which is something that normally happens anyway with people after they pass is that we really start associating the natural world with our loved ones. And, and so this, I feel like is like a more direct connection um, well, don't, I mean, people. this is, people do this, right? I mean, I, I'm always sort of struck by sometimes people um, go to places and, and put some of their loved ones remains, whether it's sanctioned or legal or not, Right. They put remains either in a forest or by a stream or in the ocean yeah. or in a lake. And there's often a natural place that we associate with people. So you're just oh, sure. kind of saying, what if we created a formal forest, not formal. not formal in the sense of like perfect lines of trees, like fancy like, forest. <laughs> yeah. But like yes. formal in the sense of like, this is what this place is meant to do. Yeah, absolutely. And so the idea is that then that place will be uh, how we'll, we'll put our conservation easement on it. And then uh, an endowment will be set aside to take care of the forest and we will preserve that land forever. Um, and so that is that piece. So along with that piece, we also have uh, technology that we're building um, that will allow people, because we do realize that people spread ashes everywhere, right? Like this will, this will not, you know, that will continue and it should continue because there are certain places that remind us of our loved ones. And uh, so, so the technology will allow people to have a GPS marker um, and then a memorial page uh, anywhere they'd like to spread their ashes. So this will um, assist people in remembering where that specific spot is and also having a place with pictures and a favorite song and a way to, hey, I visited mom on a beautiful sunny Monday and it was great to see her thought about her love of chickadees or whatever it is. And then the next person who comes can see, oh, hey, I was here uh, 
two months later, you know, on, and, and, and you know what I mean? Like it, it yeah. continues that conversation. Yeah. yeah. I love that because there is something about, you know, like you think, oh, I'll always remember this exact stand of birch, you know, that I sprinkled some remains of moms in, but you come back three years later and you're like, oh, was it this group of birch or was it this <laughs> group of birch? You're like, I'm so sure I knew. So I love right. the idea of like a way of marking it in a really direct GPS manner. And then yeah. um, that can link to all kinds of forest or wild places maybe we should call them yeah, yeah. so that's another part of the 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 piece right is that we are we're working on a partnership with the national park system so that will allow people to easily go and say hey i would really like a uh, mom spread at the sleeping bear national lakeshore so this will enable people to do it in a in a really easy way um that's is that is it legal like can you can you take ashes to sleeping bear dunes do you know yeah each it's interesting with the national parks each park is different so depending on the park, they have different rules and regulations on what you can do. Some do not allow spreading, some do, and it is all up to the individual park. So certainly yeah. what I sort of hear is that it doesn't seem like, I mean, just sort of hearing, doesn't seem like a lot of people look into the regulations. They just sort of do what they want, you know? Yeah, and you know, and I think that is, I think that's great. But like my co-founder, for instance, and actually a lot of people that I've been talking to, the reason that I really was moved to do this beyond, you know, a, a big part, portion of it is uh, capitalism driving conservation, which I think is just a beautiful thing. Um, but beyond that is the fact that we, we don't have these spaces unless it's like a cemetery. And then what happens is, you know, you spread your mom's ashes behind her house. Well, you know, in a decade later, the house is sold, and then you don't have that connection anymore. The same thing happens. I mean, uh, a lot of times ashes end up in uh, storage spaces or drawers, closets, closets, closets for example, all over the place, and, and right. with good intentions, but right, no kind it, of clarity about where to go. Right, yeah. and where you have are. more than one person and you're living, you know, across the country from your brothers and sisters, and then they can't decide. And it just ends up that, I mean, it's not anything that anyone plans or intends on happening. You know, they don't want mom in a storage space, but like right. it just happens. And so we're giving them an alternative to, to those, uh, to those things. And, and I think a little bit of peace of mind as to, okay, we can come back here and she'll forever be here. I love the idea of different scales of this too. Like somebody mentioned to me up here in Northern Michigan this summer that in Petoskey, there's this old association called Bayview of cottages mm -hmm. and Bayview yeah. apparently has a memorial garden. And oh, in this yeah. memorial garden, you can go and leave ashes. I think of mm -hmm. pets or people and there's yeah. no formal markers. And then right. you, I don't even know if you bury them or just make a little pile or what you do, but mm -hmm. they allow that to happen there. And so I imagine that a lot of people in this neighborhood of Bayview take yeah. advantage of that because as you said, oh, if yeah. houses change or people move, they always know that grandma or grandpa or mom or dad or aunt or uncle or brother or sister are in this place at Bayview. And that's, that's I don't even think it's an acre. I don't know. I can't yeah. get over there and see it, but it's small scale, right? And then right. you're talking about maybe what if we had 80 acres or even 160 yeah. acres that had mature trees and stream yeah. and kind of this collection of what's in the natural forest here. Wouldn't that be an amazing place to then 
be able to go back to over and over. And oh, I, yeah. I do think this addresses something in our, in our, would it be called like disparate or like fractured kind of everybody living everywhere kind mm-hmm. of society. Mm-hmm. There are certain places that usually remind us of a loved one. So what if we could go back to those? Yeah. And, and I, I like to think, you know, like, I mean, who knows how it all shape up, but I, I, I picture like, you know, like, you know, community potlucks things like that, like where people can come in for maybe different holidays or specifically like birthdays, like, and I'm sure with all of, you know, in the space that you're in, you already know, and I don't need to tell you, but like the best way that we can grieve is to continue that relationship. And I feel like if we're taking um, the grieving maybe out of the cemetery or out of a place that we associate with death, that maybe people will be more inclined to want to go out and, you know, bring a cupcake and sit down with mom and at a tree and, and say, Hey, <laughs> like, this is what I've been doing with my life. And, and here yeah. I am, you know, sitting with you and, th- and that's the hope. So I, I think there's, there's that, but then there's also the legacy piece, which is really important. And I don't want to leave out because I think presently, we're faced with some really difficult choices at the end of life for our loved ones, especially if we haven't planned it or, I mean, any way you slice it, I guess there's no real easy way to like make these choices. Another one of my co-founders, Sarah, they actually, both of them have lost their parents. So this speaks to them in, in many ways. And I use a lot of their stories to kind of talk about the things that we're working on, but she said, you know, you're sitting there and you have all of these choices that you have to make, you know, like, and, and you're looking at the, and the prices, right? Like, so you're like feeling guilty and shame. And then, you know, obviously you're grieving and it's really difficult making a choice that, you know, that will protect uh, the earth's legacy and like protect the earth in this, in this tumultuous time, I think feels good to people. And I, and I really hope um, to bring some levity in that, in that moment of decision-making too. Right. Right. Like, like a, like a positive choice, like a, mm-hmm. like a beautiful choice, not just a, yeah. a choice that doesn't feel in line with your values, but a choice right. that really, uh, offers a legacy of, of land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and connection. I really, I love yeah. that, you said that the way to move with grieving is through connection. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many other cultures that do it so much better than we do. I do. I think that Beyond Forest is the absolute solution. No, but do I think that it is a direction that maybe we could be moving towards? A hundred percent. Like that's my goal. My goal, my big goal, is a hundred thousand acres, and a hundred thousand acres would offset the carbon emissions from cremation. So. Uh, that way we have some balance and that's, and that's what we're looking at. Are, are there other, you know, are there other, is this happening in other states? Are there other places you've talked with and said, hey, how have you made this happen? Oh yeah. Um, there is another wonderful company called Better Place Forest out of California. They're a startup. They're, they're doing things a little differently from the business end, um, but they, uh, they sell kind of internment space under trees. So it's a, it's very similar. They now have 10 forests and they're growing rapidly. So this wow. is all in California. That, no, no, across the country. Across the country. So okay. That's a better place 
Better Place Forest. So that's an yep. interesting resource for people to look at too. Yeah, I think if it is Memorial Forest, but I suppose it wouldn't have to be forest. It could be, well, in Colorado, there's a green burial preserve that's really mm -hmm. more of a plain almost kind of, you know, and very beautiful land. Not a, not a forest by, you know, by Colorado yeah. standards, but I think this is a little different than a green burial site, although green burial is certainly a thing that's coming more and more to the forefront as well, as people are choosing that as a real simple way to return to the earth. And you're yeah. talking about, okay, and for cremated remains, what's an option and where can people go? Well, because, and and this is a, a conversation I've had with many people, um, mainly, I mean, I uh, used to be on the board for an environmental group, and that was one of the big discussions. I was like, hey, look, I'm I'm working in this project. And I got a lot of pushback from environmentalists uh, who said, hey, you should be doing green burial. You should be doing green burial. And I 100% love green burial. I think that green burial is fabulous. And um, there are uh, some wonderful companies um, that are conserving land around the country that are doing beautiful, beautiful work. Uh, Lake Spur, I think, conservation uh, in as a Tennessee. Um, they're doing phenomenal job. Um, but the thing is, is that as of like presently, only 5% of people are being um, buried in a green cemetery. Right. In less than 10 years, by 2030, 73% of the population will be cremated. So like we're, we're seeing this huge rise in cremation and, you know, as people get more mobile and, and they don't necessarily stick to one place that that becomes a thing and so giving them an option especially if this is the majority of the population of where to put those remains i think is is super important moving forward um and meeting consumers where they are you know meeting people where they are which is they are going to be cremated so uh, I think that the work that people are doing and, and laying the groundwork for green burials moving forward is excellent. And I actually hope to envelop that space at, at one point as well. But they're starting in the cremation space because that's where people are. Right, because that's where people are. I love, I mean, you've really developed this as a business model. And so it is consumer driven. And you are saying, what are the new options that new generations are looking for? And how can I meet those needs? And I think that's just really pragmatic. But, you know, yeah. you're trying to help families have a space to grieve. And I'm, I'm glad I'm rustling papers because I'm looking back through the article. <laughs> reading I, I think you're you're trying to help families grieve trying to help families have a place to go the technology mm -hmm. piece is trying to help families know where to go that they put the remains for generations and I, I think there's a lot to be gained from what you're bringing to the field that's Thank that's you. a little different yeah yeah I'm hoping you know and, and that's the thing right like we're trying to walk this line right where it's it's not so outside of the realm that uh, of what people are interested in that they, you know, because like as, as someone and Diane, you may feel the same way. I mean, like there are certain things like the ideas that I have uh, in the end of life space that, that don't meet the needs of the general population. And I, and I feel like this does because it's, it's, everybody loves the outdoors, you know, everybody loves spending time in nature and the science backs it up, you know, because when our brains are totally fried and we're grieving, you know, green spaces are there to heal us and help us along the way. And so 
why not put someone who's already going through that process in the optimal healing place? For me, just there's nothing that doesn't make sense about it. Like it's I just put it all together and I'm like, oh, this, yeah, this I'm just kind of having this epiphany. I mean, if people pay thousands of dollars for a cemetery space, why wouldn't they pay thousands of dollars for a tree? I mean, is yeah. there, is this something you would charge people to put remains at or? Yeah. Not? Well, yes, because it will. I mean, it's ultimately a company, right? And we all ultimately, but the the goal is to have it let, be less expensive than putting an urn in a cemetery. So our lowest price point as of right now is about $250. So you, you know, have a place you can always go to. It's, you know, less than the cost of most urns. And yeah, and, and you, and you will get to, you know, have that legacy piece knowing that you have, and that's another thing, right? Like if you are a wealthy person, you have the option of leaving an estate, you have the option of putting your hundreds of acres under a conservation easement for the general population. We don't get that at the end of life. We can't like feel great about like, oh, I just saved all this, you know, and worked with this conservancy. You don't have that option, but with this, like if you were going to a pre-planning option, this, it would give you the same, the same feel, I would feel like, you know, it's, it's not a lot of money, but it's what people can afford. Right. And like I'm you, supporting this place and this right. space in happening. Right. So exactly. ha have you looked into partnering with local conservancies? Are those natural partners for you? Like, you know, where my head went, my head went, yeah. Oh what yeah. about that fabulous park that's at the tip of the Leelanau Peninsula? Like, Absolutely. Why, aren't, why wouldn't this be adjacent to state parks and simply yeah. make the state park land bigger in a way, and yet one part mm -hmm. of it be designated as Memorial Forest? I, I think we got to take this bigger. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that is the goal, 100%. Uh, Actually, I have been working on this project for uh, about three years now, and that was version 1.0 was just a, to partner with the conservancies, let them do what they do best, and we'll do that. And it seemed like a really good fit for me. For conservancies, they're very mission-driven, and so they are very focused on their mission. Anything that kind of falls outside of the realm of those missions make it a little bit more challenging which is also why we're we are starting our own nonprofit, which is called Saving Wild Spaces, which will work as um, the conservancy and grief programming aspect. So we want to do nature hikes. We want to host those uh, gatherings with uh, community members and, you know, really, really kind of be the the heart and soul of of the organization. So we have both pieces. And I think that really allows for wraparound services and things that maybe just, you can't just accomplish in the for-profit world. Right, right. And maybe you're really, you, so in terms of the conservancies, you'd have to, you'd have to have a donor who was donating land to a nature conservancy who wanted to have it used for this purpose and who would say, mm -hmm. this is the purpose, this is the regulations I want laid upon it. Right. And these are my wishes. And then maybe the right. constituencies would say, this is within our realm of uh, yeah. what we can help support. So yeah. And interesting. Yeah, oh, sorry. yeah it no, is. Okay. There's a lot of moving pieces. <laughs> There's a lot of moving pieces, Jamie. Well, I yeah. think this is wonderful. I think you've given people a lot to think about because it, it really is looking, it strikes me as like, it's really looking from a high perspective and saying, what's the best, what's beneficial to communities beneficial mm -hmm. to families, 
conserves land, uses that land in a creative way that creates a memorial space that's a little different than a cemetery or a or putting remains on land that isn't sort of appropriate or uh, designated for that, even though people do it mm -hmm. anyway. So it strikes me as kind of win-win for both grieving individual families and a broader kind of construct of land conservation in certain areas. It's just a different way to have open space, you know? Yeah, it really is. And it's, I mean, I think, you know, when you're in the death space a lot, you start thinking about, okay, what is this life going to look like without me in it? What is it? If, if for, I, I can speak about myself, like what can I create that I know will exist beyond my life? Yeah. And that's, and that's really what beyond forest is. It's, it's something that can exist beyond you and something that you can give your children. And, and those spaces also, I think it's really important to note that they'll be open to the public in the same way that a cemetery would be. You don't need to make a reservation. You don't need to go, you know, it, it's something that we can all enjoy, hopefully like way, 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 way past my children's life and their children's life. And, and uh, we can really, you know, let nature do its thing. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I, we're going to have to check in in like a year or, you know, six Ooh. months or you get any exciting news, reach out and tell me what it is. I will, Diane. Thank you can you find so out. Yeah, thank you. You can find out more about Jamie's work at beyondforest.com. Am I right? .org. Uh, and it's org. beyond, it's beyond forest with an S. So we're, we're planning, you know, multiple forests.org. So it's beyond forest. Beyondforest.org. And you can also learn about Better Place Forest, which is a California company she mentioned. Um, yeah. And it sounds like you can learn about distributing ashes in the national park system by looking into specific parks because that varies and yeah. you can find out more about the work I do at bestlifebestdeath.com. Thanks so much for joining us. And thanks again to our special guest, Jamie Kramer, who's, you know, changing the deaf industry one forest at a time. <laughs> thank you, Diane. It could be your thank you for the work that you do. Yeah, right. <laughs> thanks, Jamie. Have a great thank day. Thank you. You too.